Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. On this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, we're giving you insights and advice on how to move the ball and make things happen. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I am having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet followed the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as a regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests for this season. For today's episode, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Yasir Abdullah. Yasir, welcome to the show. How you doing, Jennifer? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us today. Let me just share a little bit more about your bio before we get into our chat. So Yasir is a linebacker who played college football for the University of Louisville. During this past season, Yasir played in 12 games, had 703 snaps with 36 tackles, 15 assists, and 34 stops. He also had two interceptions and 52 total pressures, which included 29 QB hurries, 14 QB hits, and nine and a half sacks. Yasir was also named to first team all ACC, and he led the ACC in sacks with those nine and a half sacks. We will talk about his journey playing college football, the NFL combine, and more on the show. All right, Yasir, are you ready to move the ball? Yes, ma'am. Let's get it. All right. So let's start with the NFL Combine. There are 319 guys who were invited to participate in this year's Combine. It's actually a smaller number than in previous years, and you were one of them. What was it like for you when you found out that you had been extended an invitation? Oh, man, it was a dream come true. I've been dreaming about that moment since I was four years old, playing flag football, just watching those guys on TV, running those crazy numbers, jumping those crazy heights, and it's just been a dream come true. And you were doing your combine prep down in Florida with Bomberitos. What were some of the things that you really focused on improving to get you ready for the combine? Just every test we was given at the combine, the 40, the broad, the vert, and just working on my linebacker drills just to show the teams I'm a versatile guy. And you also were invited to participate in the East-West Shrine game. How did that help you prepare for the combine? Because the East-West Shrine game, it's not just about, again, you've got practices, there's scouts out there, you're meeting with teams. And then when you go to the combine, there's similar types of things. There's not practices, but there's meetings, there's interviews, there's medical. So how did the East-West Shrine week prepare you for the combine? It prepared me pretty well. Transitioning from the Shrine Bowl to the combine was really easy. Like you said, there was a lot of meetings, interviews, just things to be a pro, things to look out when you're in the league. Everything is so precise on being a pro and like doing everything right. and Everything is cute to the T. And let's talk about combine week. So 
like I mentioned just a second ago, there's interviews, there's medical, there's a lot of things besides what people see on TV, which is the on the field workouts. When you look at everything else around the combine, was there anything that took you by surprise? It's a long week. There's a lot going on. Was there anything that was like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. How are you feeling? I didn't feel tired at all. I was so blessed to be there. It was dream come true. Just me looking back at my dreams and my goals and stuff when I was little, being at the combine woke me up like I'm really here. I'm, I'm really in this moment. So I got to take advantage. Let's talk about the on the field prep. So the combine is about a week long. Linebackers were on that Friday of that weekend. And I was there. I was in the NFL Legends Suite at Lucas Oil watching the drill. So I saw you run the 40. I saw the on the field workout. So you ran a 447 40. It's a pretty fast time. So how did you feel clocking that time? It, it felt amazing. Like my pops called my phone. My trainer, Pete Bomarito, man, he called my phone and he's like, see, you just ran a 447, man. It felt surreal. And I, I was so blessed to be there and so blessed to run that time and do well in those drills. And it was just a dream come true. And when you look back on the entire combine experience, what are the big things you'll take away from it? Key things that I learned from the scouts, being versatile, knowing the plays, how you got to know schemes, take down schemes, and, you know, it, it got to be precise and quick. So just learning to be a pro, just like how I learned at the Shrine Bowl. The, the coaches at the Shrine Bowl really took care of me, Falcon staff, and same as the scouts and coaches at the Combine. They just wanted me to be a pro and wanted to see what I can do on, on the board, in the film room, or how quick I can take things down. So it was, it was a good experience. And I think weeks like Combine Week and also East West Shrine Week, you have these interactions with different pros that are on the team side and also educational seminars and other things that help you to prepare to be a professional as a pro athlete. Because as you know, when you transition from college to pro, you're transitioning more from a fun time to it's get to work as a professional. This is a business. This is your job. And so I think weeks like that do a great job of helping guys to transition and be prepared for this new level and this next phase of their life. So let's run things way, way back for you. You're from Florida. And so tell us about when was the first time you suited up or picked up a football? So when I was four years old, I played flag football. And in flag football, you're not supposed to tackle. And I would always used to do that. So I played nose guard and I would always be the center and then I always tack the quarterback, but the flag is right there. So it was just an instinct for me as a kid. So my dad just ended up moving me to tackle football, and I, I just love hitting. And then from that moment on, I just love the game of football, the, the fans, the, the team. It felt amazing. So was there anything else that made you fall in love with the game, or was it just that, the coordination with the team, the hitting, of course, or was there anything else? It's a lot of things. It's the workouts, working late night by yourself or with your teammates, the, the stuff behind the scenes. That's what make the bond so tight with your teammates and coaches. And that's what made me love the game so much is just that tight bond between everybody behind the scenes. And that you should show it out on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And that's a great point. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into what occurs and how you perform on the football field that a lot of people don't see. They don't see the early mornings. They don't see the late nights. They don't see what goes on when there's no lights on the bleachers. And so there's a lot that goes into being able to perform well on game day. So you went to Miami Carroll City High School. You were heavily recruited. You had offers from a number of schools, including Louisville, LSU, Purdue, Syracuse, USF, Wake Forest, etc. Why did you choose Louisville? Louisville just popped out more to me when I went down my visit. City was amazing. The people are amazing. It's, it's quiet. 
I'm a laid back dude. So like, I kind of like that. The coaches gave me an opportunity. Court Dennison, he was the coach that was recruiting me. But when I signed, he went to Oregon, but he came back. He came to my high school every day, check on my grades. I just, I felt welcomed and I felt like Louisville was the next home for me. And something that I like to ask guys that come on the show who have been competitive athletes like yourself, there's so many lessons that football teaches us to be successful. I mean, I've been a student of the game since I was four years old. When I wrote my first book, Move the Ball, which is what kicked off this whole Move the Ball podcast, I really talked about a number of different things that I picked up from the sport that I feel are important to be successful outside of the hard work, the dedication, the work ethic. Those are things that you can get from any team sport. So when you look at your time being a competitive athlete, what are some of the other things that football taught you so that you could be successful and can be where you're at today? It taught me a lot of things. It taught me how to lose, you know, how to win. The thing that I, I really keyed on to my success and just being humbled, you're going to lose sometime in your career. You have to lose to win. You have to lose the, the big things to get the bigger things. When I was in high school, my freshman, sophomore year, I wasn't getting heavily recruited at the time. And I had some adversity. At one point, I told myself, man, I was want to play football. But I, I love the game and everything. But no one was looking at me. I was small. I was skinny. But at the end of the day, my dad just told me, man, don't let nobody's opinions or critiques or media or fans dictate what kind of player and person you are. I kept that from my high school career till now, and it just made me so successful. I like that. And good advice, Dad. So let's talk about your dad for a minute. So your dad played college football as well at Florida. And so how did he help prepare you from the transition from high school to college ball? Just the work ethic. I had the same work ethic coming in college working late nights, doing the little things right, taking care of my body, eating right. I'm not going out as much. I'll go out to an extent, not do dumb things. My dad really put me on a straight path to that road to success I'm on right now. I mentioned when I read your bio that you play linebacker. When you look at this position specifically, what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well at the next level? And secondly, what makes you elite at the linebacker position? The NFL is a passing league now. That's what I heard. And as a linebacker now in this game, you got to learn how to drop. And you got to learn how to blitz the quarterback. You got to be a great communicator. And I, I feel like that's been a linebacker's job throughout many years. Just dropping in the coverage and rushing the passers is, is the ideal linebacker nowadays. All linebackers are fast now. You've seen that in the combine, you know, previous combines. But what makes me so different I can do it all. Uh, I can rush. I can drop the coverage. I can play the run. I can get in the box, play A to B, B to C, C to A. I can just do it all. And when you look back at your time playing college football, what have you learned about yourself over the last few years? I learned that you got to trust the process. And I want younger guys to know that trusting the process is going to be a little hard. When I first went to Louisville, I didn't start immediately. I was kind of down on myself, but at the end of the day, I had faith in my ability and my knowledge about the game. And so I just played special teams after my whole freshman year. And then from my sophomore to senior year, man, it, it just skyrocketed from there. I just trust the process, waited out, made a few plays here and there. And then 20, 2021, 2022, I just started balling. 
And you say trust the process. It's a common term that people use. It's one of my favorite terms, by the way, and I use it all the time. And it's actually one of the chapters in my latest book, which is called Dominate the Game. And we say it a lot, but actually trusting the process can sometimes be hard when we're tested and we're facing adversity and things aren't going our way. So what are some of the things that you would pass on that you would do to help you stick with your process when things weren't going the way you wanted it to? I'll just have to do the little things right. And what I mean about the little things is going to meetings on time, taking a whole bunch of notes during meetings, being a sponge, take everything in what the coach is saying. And once you do the little things right, the big things start to happen for you. So I feel like that that will carry a long way in the, in the league for me. Most definitely. So when you look at your time playing, like what were the things you were doing? So freshman year didn't play as much. And then as the years went on, you got more and more responsibilities, started more games. What were you doing to ensure your progress and to make sure that you were continually improving? After my freshman year, I went back home, trained with Devin Bush, uncle Devin Bush. As a linebacker, if you wanted to clean his feet, you got to work with DBs. So that's what I did in the offseason, and I trained my pass rush specialist, Sack Sensei. And those moments right there, the work in the dark, like I said earlier, stuff you do behind the scenes, put you ahead in front of everybody else. That's what I did every offseason, was come back home Miami and train or stay in Louisville for a little bit and train my training conditioning staff. It made me successful. And one of the things that football teaches us is it teaches us how to adjust and adapt on a moment's notice. And so when we look back over the last few years, the world as a whole has had to adapt because of COVID and just the economy and everything that's going on. Let's talk about the COVID season. It was very different. Obviously, no fans in the stands. The world was still trying to figure out how do they navigate in this new normal. How was that like for you personally and also for the football program? It was really different. We had long days off, so it was kind of hard to stay in the, in the rhythm of things, but didn't change for me. I stayed home, worked out. My main goal was to make it to this point. And so I just kept working out, eating right, sleeping right, doing little things and right things so I don't get sick or anything. And I kind of brung along my teammates as well. And we just kept doing the 2020 season. We just played ball. Didn't matter if we had fans or not, we just played ball. And as you look back on your career, what are some of your most memorable moments and games during playing for Louisville? One of my best games in Louisville was Pittsburgh 2022, Florida State, NC State, Clemson. Playing in those big moments just to show the world my versatility and I'm nothing to play around with. So in the year before, same thing, Florida State. There, there's a lot of games, but Pittsburgh was the main game that I showed my versatility and I'm nothing to mess around with. And are there any teammates, I mean, with the people that we surround ourselves with really help us, they'll either help us to improve our game or they'll take away from it. When you're in a football team, you're obviously aligning yourself with people who want to win, who are obsessed with trying to get better. Were there some specific teammates of yours that really were kind of like your go-to guys in your position group or elsewhere that really helped push you to be better? I'm going to name him first. My homeboy, Yaya Diaby, that's my guy. The offseason, we was working together. We was doing a lot of things together, treatment together, watching film together. We was roommates together. So we did everything together and showed out on that field. I got many more teammates. Momo Sonogo, Malik Cunningham. Uh, it's, it's a lot of guys. I have young guys in my room, too. Popeye Williams, Cam Wilson, Hale Bowler. And that's my guys. Brother Bell, Darian Bell. 
Brother Bell's his nickname. But those guys, they not only got me better at football, but got me better as a, as a person. I really appreciate those guys. And that's important because football is going to only last for a certain period. It's for some, it's longer than others, but it's going to end at some point, right? And so it's good to have people that have helped you to be a better person, a better human being, a better professional as well. And you can take that into whatever it is that you do. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do my two-minute drill. And I've got a couple other questions I want to ask you. We will be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy-to-implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. So, Yasir, I want to take you through my two-minute drill. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? I'm a layback guy. I don't really go out a lot. <laughs> I'll go out and eat with my, my guys and go to the movies. I'm really laid back. All right. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I'm dependable, hardworking, and I'm a generous guy. Great three words. What is one thing most people don't know about you? I can cook. <laughs> what do you like to cook? What's your go-to? I love this seafood Cajun pasta I learned in college, and I, I'm trying to perfect that. Nice. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a mentor or a coach? Don't let nobody critique or have an opinion on you of who you are as a player, as a person. Just play your game and be you. And I like that. I think that's important, especially being a competitive athlete who is very visible. There's all kinds of media coverage and people posting their opinions of players online. And so there's so much noise out there. You can't let that deter you from what you're looking to do. Now, I'm going to flip it and ask you, what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone else? Just stick to your path. There's a lot of paths to go through in, in your life. But if you really love, like, if you love football, if you love soccer, if you love what, cooking, just stick to your path. Like, don't let anybody change that for you. Great advice. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company and why? I would be the CEO of my billion-dollar company. I say this because you got full control. You dictate how high your business can go or how low your business can go. You can dictate everybody's role and job. So you're the boss. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? To be honest, I'll go anywhere, but my one place I want to go uh, is Greece. I see it on Instagram. It looks beautiful. And I've never been out of the United States. I've never been in this place that I want to go to. So I've seen lots of beautiful pictures of it. So one day. The last question is, do you sing in the shower? Yeah, I, I sing in the shower. <laughs> can you carry a tune? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how people sing in the shower it always makes them sound better. So I, I feel like I can sing. I don't know. <laughs> so the college football landscape has changed here in the last couple of years with the introduction of NIL. 
And what I like to tell people about moving the ball is moving the ball is not just about what you do for yourself. It's about how you make an impact on others. And through NIL, you have actually done some great things. You started a foundation. Tell us a little bit more about your foundation and what you look to do with it. So my foundation is called Sutterco Foundation. It was a foundation I created in college, nonprofit, charitable foundation. So what I did with that is just gave back money. I gave out to my high school for you know $1,000 scholarship check to one of the kids and went back to my religious school, Noor Islam, for recreational purposes, for buildings for the kids. And also in Louisville, I donated some money to the Mormonist Children's Hospital for domestic abuse. And my mom found it for me. She's also in everything. So what I want to do with my foundation is just build it and use the NFL as a platform as well to build it from where it was in college to higher levels. So I just love giving back, love seeing people's faces when I give back. Well, that's great. And I look forward to seeing all the amazing things you continue to do with it as you transition into the NFL and have a longstanding professional football career. So at some point, you are going to hang up those cleats. Have you thought about what it is you want to do after football? With my foundation, I want to keep that rolling. After football, I just don't want it to stop. I want it to be worldwide to show the world that I'm not just going to give back in, in the United States, but you know different parts of the world. So I just want to be global with it. Love it. So as we look to end our show, Yasir, let people know where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? Follow me on Instagram at Yasir Abdullah underscore 22. And on my Twitter, my Twitter handle is AB Yasir with two eyes. Okay, perfect. And we'll have both of those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Yasir. I've had a great time chatting with you. I had a great time too, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. If you like today's episode and you haven't yet done so, make sure you follow the podcast so that you never miss a future episode and also share the show with a few friends too. Again, it's one way you can help me to move the ball. All right, thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.